Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We do this twice a week. We get together and we chew on God's Word, and we share that with you, hopefully to encourage and enrich your life as a disciple of Christ and your worship of God. So this week we have the legendary (laughs) director (laughs) of women's ministry, Jamie Harms. Hi, Chris. It's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) She's squirming in her chair. She's like, don't say anything about me. Jamie, um, what do you got for us? Yeah, well, we are starting into the discipleship series as well as in 1 Thessalonians. So that's where I've been spending just a lot of my time. And kind of that overlap area I've really been chewing on this week is the fact that the Thessalonians were imitators of Paul. That's how they learned. And others imitated them. So I've been thinking a lot about, well, what does it mean to imitate? And who are we to imitate? You know, we're supposed to be like Jesus, but are we supposed to imitate humans as well? And what does that look like? So those are some of the things that I've been kind of playing around with in my study of First Thessalonians this week. Yeah, that's a funny thing. I mean, oftentimes we think in our minds, mm-hmm. oh, wait, a minute, I don't, I just follow Jesus. Yes. And I just need to focus my mind on Jesus. But we see something slightly different, exampled sometimes in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, we are made in God's image, so we do reflect different aspects of who God is. We don't do it perfectly, and we have strengths and weaknesses. And so it's not like we are to necessarily imitate one specific person, one specific person only. We learn from all different kinds of people and imitate what they're doing when we're trying to learn something specific. So if I want to learn how to be more hospitable, maybe I'll head over to the Leonard's house and have dinner over there. And they're always hosting people and, all, and learn and watch and what they've been doing there. Or if I really want to know how to wrestle through some hard, difficult passages, I know that Brianna has been working on different aspects of that. And I've learned so much from her about how to go through hard passages. So I think we can expand kind of our idea of imitate imitating others to lots of people. We learn from lots of people, not just one mentor or one person. Yeah, that's great. So what are you finding in First Thessalonians? Well, in First Thessalonians, um, we see, as I mentioned, that the Thessalonians are imitators. And just realizing that when we imitate somebody, and specifically thinking about my kids and how they love to imitate their dad, especially when they were little. And um, one of my favorite pictures is of my husband, Mike, mowing the lawn. And in front of him is my two-year-old son, Daniel, with his bubble lawn mower. Same posture, same position, same direction, mowing the lawn together. And when I think about Daniel, you know, he watched what Mike was doing. He listened to Mike was what was doing. He spent a ton of time around Mike, watching him and practicing, pushing his little lawnmower um, in order to learn from him. And so that's what I imagine the Thessalonians doing, because that's how we also still imitate others being in their presence and listening and and learning from them, watching them and trying things out. That's how we learn. Yeah, I can confirm that 100%. I mean, Rachel and I, my wife, who's, if you ever have the the great privilege of meeting her, she's far better and smarter and more beautiful than I am. Um, But we sat down and we talked about like, okay, what are the most important values? Mm -hmm. And we've you know, we've got a little five-year-old exactly. and, a, and a two and a half-year-old and we're seeing humor being emulated because exactly. that is a value for us. Well, and kids will imitate anything good or bad. Yeah. Hopefully with maturity as, as Christians, we can pick out those godly characteristics of somebody that we want to imitate and those that maybe we shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but kids no, don't necessarily have that filter. So we do need to be intentional, especially with our kids, 
knowing that they're going to imitate us. And that's how they learn, um, that they're learning about who God is by what they imitate from us. So I could be jumping ahead here, but I've got this gnawing question in my mind. Um, What would you say if somebody asked you or or just presented with you this culture that sometimes we get sucked into of, Mm -hmm. I can't be inauthentic. Mm -hmm. I have to be um, original, Mm -hmm. uh, novel. Um, you know, if I'm just copying somebody that's disingenuous, what what would you say about that? So math is my background and there's a ton of combinations and permutations of things that make things unique. So you can combine a whole bunch of different characteristics or personality bits or interests and it becomes your own. And since you're not a carbon copy of one specific person, you're learning from lots of different people. There's a little bit of mix and match there. Um, at the same time, there are some really good things that we want to imitate. <laughs> it's not like we have to be completely and totally unique to be special or loved. And uh, and in this case, in, in Thessalonians and in Jesus and his disciples, he's saying, follow me, copy me, learn from me. Because our goal for all Christians is to be more Christ-like, not necessarily just authentic to ourselves. Yeah. No, that's great. And I think it it does speak to the culture around being true to yourself and following your heart and all of those things. And I think that we we would do service to remember that being a disciple is being a student, it's being a learner. Exactly. And you sit at the teacher's feet and you eat when they eat and you do the things they do. Exactly. Yep. Yep. One of the things that we did talk about today in with a bunch of ladies as we're going through First Lesson Thessalonians together is who do we emulate? Who do we choose to emulate? Because we're sometimes it's easy to think, well, we can only emulate or in, um, follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then who who do we pick? And one of the things that was very interesting that came up was if we pick just one person to follow, it's really easy to make that person an idol. Yeah. And so we we want to imitate qualities and characteristics that are Christ-like but we're not called to idolize somebody. And I think there's a a distinction there that we need to be aware of as we do seek out to learn and grow from others as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think the more, you know, when we think um, our mindset constantly goes to, oh, what would so-and-so do? What would they do? And, and then slowly, but surely like we stop thinking, oh, what does scripture say about this? What would Christ Mm -hmm. do? What, what do we clearly have taught in scripture? And that's the difference between, somebody who's exampling well what mm-hmm. is clearly taught in scripture and somebody who just is maybe pragmatically successful at mm-hmm. a b and c you know if somebody's very hospitable for a worldly standpoint that doesn't necessitate they're doing it in a godly way mm-hmm. exactly well and if we fixate on one person then that person is controlling all of our thoughts mm-hmm. and all of our actions and that's in essence, the definition of an idol. <laughs> right. And so, you know, we want to avoid that and learn from others, but not idolize. Them. So what was, what were some of the conclusions or maybe tools that you guys came to about how to pick the right person, how to mm-hmm. diversify that portfolio, so to speak? Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, a lot of it comes down to, we have to be with people. We have to be in community with people to get to know them. Uh, Because if we don't know them, then we don't know what parts that we might want to imitate of them. And so a lot of it starts with getting to be a part of the body of Christ regularly 
and being willing to have eyes to see not just ourselves and our own needs when we're at church, but see others as well. And so that that's the general direction in which the conversation went. I, yeah, I think there's a real neat insight there. You know, I, I'm an artist, mm-hmm. and my father-in-law is a, a woodworker. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I showed somebody a finished piece that I did for mm-hmm. art— and they said, "That's amazing, Chris. I'm going to go out and I'm going to I'm going to do exactly what you did." They don't. They didn't see anything that went into they did that. Not see the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I went and saw a cabinet that my father-in-law makes, that's you know, just you couldn't find a little spur sticking out anywhere. Uh, and I said, "Oh, I'm. This looks easy. I love your work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to build this cabinet." There's. I can barely put together IKEA furniture. <laughs> There's no way that be- can be difficult. <laughs> Give yourself a little grace there. (laughs) But yeah, you're so right. You're you're missing so much context when you aren't living life with these people. Mm -hmm. And and that's part of it. You also have to make sure to whatever it is aligns with scripture. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's part of maturity as well. But we also have to realize that you know, like you said, with those different aspects, that to imitate somebody isn't doesn't mean we get that. We just get to take that trait from them and make it our own. Yeah. It's going to involve some work. It will probably involve some pain and it will involve some humility along the way. And so when we see something that we want to learn or imitate, we have to realize that that's part of the deal too. Yeah, no, it's, that's wonderful. That's really insightful. So, um, so we've got kind of an idea of, we need to pick multiple people. We need to make sure it's biblical, of course, Mm -hmm. and we need to have some perspective on what is really this going to cost me and mm-hmm. what's involved in this? Um, so what the conversation around something like mentorship, which is kind yes. of what we're talking about mm-hmm. here, uh, is often one that I've been a part of on many occasions that usually leads to, well, how do I how do I even do this? Do I just mm-hmm. walk up to somebody and say, hey, I really like how you're patient and like help me do this too, mm-hmm. please? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's lots of different ways that we can approach it. And sometimes it is formal where we go up to somebody and say, hey, please teach me this. I've found in my own personal life, sometimes just being around that person, I start, it starts to rub off on me. Yeah. In, in fact, it's, there's a friend of mine who I end up starting to talk like. And when I come home, my husband's like, you've been around so-and-so this week. Haven't you? <laughs> and so you know, I think with a lot of these traits, just being around somebody and watching them do it, do it with them, it starts to, I think, as Jarrell would say, reorient our loves mm-hmm. and uh, our skill set to live that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We we pick up on their traits. We, I think, it, we position ourselves, even if there's not a formal agreement. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to make it really stiff, we we position ourselves as students. Yes, I, I think that that could be a a remedy or or maybe the first step of saying you if you want mentors position yourself as a student mm-hmm. look look at other people with humility in your life and go what are they doing right exactly. that i want to grow in well i know for for me i have children who are now um, middle school high school age and i remember when they were little seeing uh, mamas who had older kids and go i want my kids to be like that and I don't think I ever officially walked up to one of them and said, teach me how to do this. But I did watch them and I listened to them and I was in enough 
regular community with them. I could kind of see what they were doing. And of course, I'd ask questions here and there um, and check in on their kids and so forth. So it doesn't ha- it's doing life together in many respects. And in First, First Thessalonians, it talks about how they're affectionately desirous of these new believers that they gave of their lives and the gospel. They live yeah. their gospel and their lives together. And I think that's really key to mentorship that we're, we're first and foremost aligned in God's word and with him and with others, that type of stuff starts to just be the natural fruit of those relationships in that order. Yeah. And he, he also says in there that, you know, on, on brotherly love, mm-hmm. I have nothing to write to you about. Like just you guys have got this figured out. It. Yeah. Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so um, any final thoughts on somebody who's, who's feeling like maybe they're in a new stage of life. Mm-hmm. They just got married. They're just having kids for the first time, or, you know, they just graduated high school mm-hmm. and they're burst into this yeah. new world and have no clue what to do about it. <laughs> Transition of any kind is really an awesome time to really reevaluate and think about uh, how you can learn and grow. And I would encourage First and foremost, make sure you're in God's word each and every day and have your eyes open for people who are in the next stage ahead. Don't be afraid to invite them over for lunch or dinner or go out for coffee. It doesn't have to be something where you're going to do something every week for the next five years, but you can continue to foster that relationship and learn and grow. Um, I was telling a couple of college gals about uh, who were looking for mentors and, and admired some of these mamas, but didn't have a lot of time. I said, well, why don't you go and serve those mamas? Go fold their laundry while you talk to them. Yeah. You know, and there's ways that we can even serve others around us who we would like to become as we get to know them. And then those that aren't iron sharpens iron and we start learning from them too. Yeah. We've got Rachel and I have a babysitter mm-hmm. that we've used, you know, for a couple months now and we've known her for several years. But what, you know, nine times out of 10 inadvertently happens is she ends up staying for a half hour, two hours afterwards exactly. and we visit and we talk about the Lord and we, you know, she has questions and she's, you know, got a husband and she's been married for mm-hmm. less than we have. And so, yeah, it's so right. Inject yourselves in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And be aware of the fact that, you know, the Thessalonians were new believers and people were already imitating them, them that people are also going to be watching you yeah. <laughs> and learning yeah. From you. And so it's not just a, a get, 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 take, 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 but it's it's both. It's you're learning from others and others are learning from you. And so intentionally, maybe keep your eyes out for the person who's in the transition below you, like your babysitter, and make sure you have a little bit of margin after you've arrived home after your date to talk with her. You know, that's really awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've heard people describe discipleship as someone pouring into you and you pouring into someone. Exactly. So. Yeah. Awesome. Jamie, (laughs) such good stuff. Love this stuff out of Thessalonians. Appreciate you coming on and talking about it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 